Amen. Thank you, Church. I just want to pray for us again. Father, thank you indeed for the privilege that we have, Lord, to gather in your name. Thank you for your presence, your glorious presence, which is so tangible in this building, in this room, Lord. Thank you that you have already started to touch our hearts. You've already started to move. And we pray for a continuation of that today, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will come and stir, that you will come and move in us, through us, Lord. Come and have your way in us. Draw us closer to you, Father. As we worship this morning, Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus. May that be the case this morning, Lord. That we will bow our hearts before you. That we will confess you are King. You are Lord. What a great privilege it is, Lord, that we have to be here together in your name. And we do not take that lightly. We do not take that for granted at all, Lord. We love you and we pray that your truth will be heard in this place. We pray that your truth will be revealed, not man's revelation, not man's beliefs, but the the truth of your word, of your living word. May it grow and may it resonate in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome. It's wonderful to see so many new people. I'm not going to ask again for the new people to raise your hands because it was quite a few people, but um, it is evident when you stand here, uh, every week, the faces do change um, a lot. You see different faces, but today specifically, I can really see there's a lot of new people here. And um, I just personally want to say welcome again um, to our house. Uh, we are the church. You are the church. This is just a building. And um, it's a great privilege to have you all here with us, as Pastor Vanna also said this morning. My name is Hendrik Poseidonat. I work here at church. Now, for those of you who who have not been in Armanus for long, or, or you haven't been here for quite a while. Um, you, are there any of you here that haven't been to Armanus for maybe a, f- a few months or a year? Maybe if you can just quickly put up your hand. Yes, I see there are some hands here. Some of you maybe stay far away. You'll see the town does tend to change quite um, quickly. Um, it, it's just one of those towns that, that really, there's a lot of creativity in our town, and that's going to be a very core aspect of my message today is creativity, but creativity is always moving. Creativity is always busy. That's exactly what it means, is creating, and, and you can leave Armanus for a week or two, and you can come back into town, even me. Uh, I don't live too far from the center of town, but when I haven't visited certain places and I go back, it looks a bit different. Um, and I'm, today I sp- I'm specifically going to, re- to refer to a few things. Um, for those of you that have seen, we have a lot of beautiful artwork in our town. Armanus is a very creative town. Um, all along the, the ocean side, the cliff path, everywhere you will find beautiful sculptures. Um, you'll find against the walls, you'll find some beautiful murals. Uh, we don't just have this beautiful mountain and the beautiful ocean, but everywhere in between as well, and I'm sure after this message, many of you are also going to move down here, not just have holiday. But um, I heard a few no's as well. That's okay. 
You see, sometimes the beauty of seeing something, when we behold something, like a beautiful artwork, just the other day I was on the cliff path and I was seeing a new, one of these statues that I haven't seen before. Sometimes the beauty, it hits us immediately and, and we understand it, we grasp it, we, we think and we kind of see the concept, but I know I'm not the only one. Sometimes you really have to think uh, what you are looking at and um, that's the beauty of it, the beauty of create something created by someone creative. Um, we've got incredible murals, as I said earlier, of nature just along the, the walls. But then we also have something like a springbok painted on the hardware store um, to remind us just of what we as a country have achieved this year. And it instills a great feeling of hope. It instills a great feeling within us when we behold it. Now, my knowledge of art is vastly limited. Okay? But I know that when I look at something created like a beautiful sculpture or a beautiful image, uh, it displays part of its creator. I can see something from where the inspiration came from. Something moved someone to create something, that something is put on display, and when we view it, it moves us, and it stirs us. When we look at something created, it firstly portrays something unique of the creator's skill, his abilities or their ability, which most probably did not happen overnight. And furthermore, it just encapsulates part of their thoughts, their beliefs, what's going on inside them as they pin it down into something tangible like a, like a sculpture or a mural or something like that. And when we behold it accordingly, something happens in us. It's, it's not just something that we see and we just go away. Sometimes we do, but there's always something to look at and to think about. Why am I talking about this? See, in a very similar way, the other day I was walking past some artwork in town and I just see again and I was just thinking, I know so many creative people. We all know many creative people. And it just reminds me in a similar way of the wonderful transformative work of God in our lives. God, the perfect creator, and we're going to get deeper into that later. But God being able to take something from nothing, something meaningless, and to be able to turn it into something incredible, something meaningful, something beautiful. Something created not to remain hidden, hanging on a wall, something exclusive. But God creates Things God's creation is something created to express His purpose, to express His glory and the entirety of who He is. Created to reveal the glory of the Father. I see that sign there at the back, city on a hill. God's creation was made to stand out, to portray the glory of who He is as the perfect creator. Now this morning I'm going to read a few different scriptures and hopefully I trust the Lord will bring everything together for us and will just show us that He is indeed in everything created that is perfect. In Psalm 8 verse 3 to 5 we read, When I look to your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. In Psalm 139, the psalmist David writes there from verse 13 to 16, For you have formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. The God who spoke the very heavens, the sun, moon, and stars into being, the same God saw our unformed substance long before we were created. Just like a potter sees a beautiful piece of artwork, a beautiful pot or a beautiful whatever it is that you make out of clay. Just like they are able to envision and to see something that is going to emerge from just this unformed piece of clay. So too, we are intricately woven by the Father. His glory and honor, as the scripture tells us, crowning us. In other words, making us a representation of the king, of the universe. His hand is in us. When someone beholds us, his creation, his hand is in us and his glory crowns us. You see, the deeper our understanding of the creator, the more deeper and more profound the more intimate our value and our worship that we ascribe to his creation becomes. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one here, but I found this a massive revelation. Until fairly recently, if someone told me about the Mona Lisa, Da Vinci's famous painting, I always envisioned it and I always had this image of this massive painting hanging on a wall, all its glory, all its splendor for everyone to see. And, and you can go and Google images after this, after this message. But in my mind, even as a youngster, I always thought it was this massive, majestic piece of art. It's valued at almost a billion dollars currently. It's, it's the most expensive piece of art. So the picture that I had in my mind was always this massive artwork. But I came to a sobering realization that it's only 77 centimeters by 53 centimeters big. It's a little bit it's like this. You see, in my mind, it was much bigger. Understanding who the artist was contributes to the value of the art. You see, what I do know about Da Vinci is that he was not just an artist, he was a sculptor, he was a poet, he was a composer, he was a mathematician, he was an engineer, he was an inventor, and so much more. And I don't have time to go into all that he has done. Now God, in his infinite wisdom and power, cannot be contained. We cannot fully fathom or comprehend, and we cannot compare him to man, because he is God. And the same with his creation. But the concept remains the same. When we get to know and we get to understand the creator, the more glorious, the more magnificent, the more wondrous his creation becomes. That's us. That is you. That is me. We are his creation. Created perfect, priceless, Eternal value. 
In Isaiah 64 verse 8, we read, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says so powerfully, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. In other words, his stamp is on us. His signature is on us. His glory is revealed in his creation. His glory is revealed in us. That word workmanship, if you go read up on it, it actually means made by the perfect creator or an artisan. The best of the best of the best. I just want to do a quick illustration here. I just grabbed what I had at home. This is a piece of clay. Now, this is, this is play though. This is not really clay. But imagine it's clay. It's just, it feels the same. It's less messy. That's why I'm using it. I still need my hands clean. But in my hands, this lump of clay won't amount to much. I might, I might make a, a beautiful circle. I do make the best balls, circles in my house. But that's probably where it ends. But in the right hands... In the right hands, this piece of clay can amount to something like this. A beautiful artwork. Probably not the most beautiful, but it's what I had at home. <laughs> but it's functional. It's functional. It's something created by a skilled artisan. Something created with purpose. Something created with value. When we look at Scripture... We not only see how God, the perfect creator, formed us, shaped us, knitted us together, but we so powerfully see that that's not where it ends. We so powerfully see that when we allow him to continuously mold us and shape us, his glory is revealed in us and through us. Some of the deepest truths that I have experienced in my life some of the most profound, profound instances where I got the most profound revelations of life was in a time where I had to be shaped, was in a time where I had to be molded, was in a time where I had to lay on the potter's wheel and he had to mold me. I had to become malleable. You can, you can shape it, you can move it. I had to become soft. It was in those times that I have learned some of the best lessons and the deepest truths of who I am and who God created me to be. Jock so powerfully this morning said it in his offering message that surrender leads to trust. It's the same concept. We have to come to that place of surrender where we allow him to mold us to shape us, to change us. His glory is then revealed through us and trust and faith and, and love and all those things become more real in us as we allow the Lord to come and change us. The powerful scripture in John 15, 
We read, and it's, it's the story where Jesus speaks about the vine. The vine and the branches. John 15, from verse 1 to 8. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them in the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples." You see, a life that displays the fruitfulness of God, a life that displays the fruitful glory of who He is, is a life that is rooted in Christ. That's why my title today is Life on Display, is what are we displaying? And displaying is not just putting something out there to look beautiful, it's something rooted into something deeper. A life that displays the fruitful glory of God is the life that is rooted into the vine. See, abiding in Christ is cultivating a daily personal relationship with Him. It's characterized by a prayerful faith. More than that, obedience to Him and His Word. That's the outward sign of someone who follows Christ. In other words, his creation. We are his creation. The fruit Jesus speaks of here in the scripture is Christ-likeness. And therefore we become more like Christ if we remain in him. And he helps us. He prunes us. See, when we remain in Him, He removes the dead leaves. He removes the things in our lives that are not supposed to be there. He helps us. He shows us where there is no life and where we must lay down, where we must submit to Him and allow Him to come and snip and prune. I am terrible at gardening. I don't have green fingers at all. I, I like to do woodwork, but my wife is really good at it. And I've seen some amazing things about how the Lord has created this world. When it comes to plants, how you, how you can chop off a leaf and think that thing will die, but eventually it just grows so much better, so much stronger, becomes more resilient, and quite quick as well. When we remain in Him, He removes those things that are not supposed to be there. The things that do not reflect his nature and his purpose for us. 
we have to stay rooted to the source, not just close to the source. It's so easy today, and, and even in preparing this, I had to go and change that line so many times. I said, stay close to the source, but it's more than that. You have to stay rooted to the source. Rooted in the vine that is Jesus Christ in order to become gloriously fruitful. Outward growth starts from the inside. Now this morning I want to ask friends, brothers, sisters, that's who we are in this place. How does our relationship with Jesus look like? How does our personal relationship with Him, our personal time of devotion, look like? What does that look like in our lives? What does intimacy with Christ look like when someone looks at your life? Sometimes it's so much easier to stay closer to and pour your heart out around a bright place fire in the holy fire of God, the refining fire. It's easier for us to, to conform and to, to allow this world to come and shape us, to allow this world to come and mold us and press us into something than it is to go and stand in front of the Lord and to allow His holy fire to come and change us. We have to be rooted in the vine in order to see His glory revealed. Don't bow to your weaknesses. Don't bow to temptation, the things of this world that can lead you into sin. Rather submit them to God. Rather submit them to God and allow Him to prune. Allow Him to come and take away while you are still rooted in Him. Because that will bring growth. That will bring strength. That will bring resilience. It will bring beauty. Scripture tells us that will reveal His glory. Submit to His pruning. Allow Him to come and remove the things in your life that are preventing you to become a beautiful fruit-bearing branch. But church, this morning I want to encourage us that we must allow the potter to come and mold us, to come and shape us, just like I shared earlier, some of the most profound, teachable, deep moments in my life were times when I had to be molded. I didn't necessarily see it as such back then. But in hindsight, if you submit to the Lord, allow Him to come and work in your life, you will be something beautiful. You will be Something created with a purpose by the master creator. The same hands that we place our lives into. We place our lives into God's hands. It's the same hands that Isaiah said held the measures of the waters of this world, of the oceans, in the hollow of his hands. Think about that. It's the same hands. When we place our hands, our lives, when we place our lives into God's hands, 
He creates something that reveals His glory that the world cannot fathom, that the world cannot produce or reproduce. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I am not an art. I don't have a knowledge of art. I have very limited knowledge of art. I'm not an art knower or a kenner or anything like that. When I was small, I liked to draw. I've got amazingly talented friends that are absolutely incredible at what they do. And that's part of why I was thinking about this message today, is that we are in a town, we are actually in a season where there is just so much on display. We're in a festive season and everywhere we go, everywhere we look, we see something beautiful. We see a whole town made up out of lights. We see people drive from, from as far as Cape Town to go and look at a place put on display. As I mentioned earlier, I have very limited knowledge of art. But I do have a favorite image. It's something very simple in its composition. Yet, it's something that speaks so deep to me that when I look at it, when I behold it, when I see it in front of me, I cannot help but be moved in so many ways. It's something that the first time I saw it and I understood where it came from, it changed my life forever. Two lines, just two lines. You see, when we look at the glorious image of the cross, it reveals the glory and the purpose of the Father in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. My life before Christ, before I surrendered my life, to the potter, before I placed my life in his hands. My life was shapeless. It was formless. It had no purpose. It made no sense. But we are created in Christ. And in him, created by the master creator, our lives are transformed. Our lives take on symmetry. Our lives take on order. Beauty is revealed. When my life was placed in God's perfect hands, He turned it into something beautiful. I'm not saying I'm beautiful, but I do say that I can start seeing things in my life that were never there because I surrendered to someone more skilled than me and allowed Him to shape me, allowed Him to change me and to mold me. Not even more skilled, I surrendered my life to the master artisan. There is none more skilled. Jesus Christ renovated our very nature on that cross, transformed a new life, created with a purpose, displaying the Father's manifest glory and beauty and purpose in our lives. The things of this world will wither and die. The things of this world turn hard. And as soon as you start changing or, or trying to shape it, eventually they will break. They become rigid. 
but you, us, we belong to the Father. And He can continue to form you. He can continue to shape you. He can continue to change you so that His glory is revealed more and more and we become more Christ-like. If we place our lives in the Father's hands, we become soft. We become malleable. We can be changed. It's the opposite if we place our lives in the world. The things of this world, we become hard, we become rigid. Lest we wither and die and be thrown into the fire. Friends, this morning I want to encourage each one of you in this place. You are not a mistake. And it's never too late to place your hands in the potter, to place your hearts, your lives in the potter's hands, to be changed by him. He can make you soft. 2 Corinthians 5.21 so powerfully states that, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If you can just put that image of the cross up there again. Thank you, Lisa. When we behold that image, we are reminded of the sinless, blameless, spotless one, Jesus Christ, who bore our sin and shame on that cross, paid the ultimate price with his life. He died and he rose again, conquering death. And through that image, Scripture tells us, if we believe in that, if we confess it with our mouths and we believe it in our hearts, the righteousness of God is displayed in us by confessing that He is our Lord and Savior, by believing that He died again, died and rose again, we can abide in Him. We can abide in the vine. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus Christ knew our afflictions. He knew the things that we would face. He faced them. But he submitted to the Father. And he overcame those things. John 15 verse 9, and that's the end of that. Scripture where Jesus speaks about the vine. He says, as the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. By allowing the beautiful work of the Father to come and change, and to come and transform, to come and be completed in his life, thus revealing God's glory, we can abide in Jesus. We can trust him because he remained faithful from the beginning to the end. The author and the finisher of our faith. A life that displays Christ just like a beautiful piece of art starts from within. I'm going to ask the band 
if you guys can come up. Like a beautiful piece of art is an expression of something that changes the creator on the inside. It becomes something that we express outwardly. It's an outward expression of an inward revelation or heart's change, something that impacts us. So too, a life that displays Christ is an outward expression of a deep inner work and transformation in our hearts. We have two baptisms today at 12 at the Old Arbor. Two young girls. For those who want to come and witness, you don't even have to go all the way down. You can even stand at the top if you want to. A beautiful outward expression of an inward change. Something that happens in our hearts when we allow the potter to come and mold us, to come and shape us, to come and change us. When we allow the vine dresser to come and prune us, to come and remove the dead leaves, to come and take away what's not supposed to be there, as we stay rooted in Christ. A beautiful display revealing the glory of the Lord. When we allow the perfect creator to come and change us. I want to end off with a scripture in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Can I ask us to stand? And as we stand, let's just keep our eyes closed for a few moments. This morning, I just want us to simply reflect. Let's reflect and look into our own lives today. And let's allow the Lord's Holy Spirit to come and open our eyes. To come and unveil our faces so that we can behold God's glory as His beautiful creation. In us, let's ask Him to continually transform, to change us so that we become more like Him. We're just going to worship a little bit, maybe five minutes, but as we worship together, I want you to ask the potter to come and shape you. I want you to ask the vine dresser to come and prune. Let's abide in the vine. That is Jesus Christ.
Lord, we just declare that this morning, Father, from you are all things. You have created all things. We are yours, Lord. We were not merely created to be placed somewhere for no one to see. We were created to be a city on a hill, Lord. We were created to reveal the glory of the Father to you are all things you deserve the glory this morning we bring our lives before you father and we ask that you will continue to work in our hearts continue to come and show us to come and reveal to us we are the areas that we need to trust you so that you can continue to mold us continue to shape us lord this morning i pray for hearts that are finding it really difficult to be placed on that potter's wheel, Lord. I pray that you will come and soften hearts. As the word tells us, Father, you replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh and it's only you that can do that. We pray that this morning, Lord. We give you the glory. Your glory revealed through your creation. May our lives display your glory as we become more like you. We just declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to continue this morning. If there's anyone that needs prayer, we're going to remain here for a few moments. There are other people coming in now, so you're welcome to excuse yourself and to enjoy a coffee, um, some fellowship outside. Thank you for being here with us. We are not chasing you away. We really want to encourage you. If you want prayer, many of us are going to remain at the back here or in the front here to pray with you and to trust the Lord with you. Make use of that opportunity. But for the rest of you, Enjoy the rest of your day and remember we have short services tomorrow as well on Christmas Day. Thank you.
Yeah. 